Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And then get back to, you know, writing, writing and covering LAFC. But, you know, there's not really much to talk about um, other than, you know, the roster moves and, you know, Bob leaving. But um, nothing, the offseason I don't think has really started. Um, I think that's going to be in December where, where everything's going to start to move. And that's going to be exciting. Um, so I'm just waiting and, and, you know, hopeful that that the right things happen and, and LAFC just gets stronger. Yeah. Well, and for you, what, what are the what are the right things? Like when, when you say that, what, what are the right things for you? I think the it starts with the coaching. Um, you know, Bob is, is a big act to follow. Um, you know, he had the historic 2019 season. Obviously, 2020 and 21 couldn't be replicated, which is hard. But... You know, it's still Bob Bradley. Um, we still have, you know, one of the best seasons in MLS history. And that just, you know, you need another coach that can, you know, manage manage this locker room with Carlos Vela, um, with a lot of, you know, um, youth, youthful players with a lot of promise. So it's a lot to hand. It's a lot to ask for. And, and I think you need to start off with a good coach. Um, and I think after that, things will follow. So I think that's, that's you know, number one on, on JT's list is, is, you know, just a good hire. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. So, yeah, and I and I, I think with with all that going on, I think when you see um how, you know, how Bob Bradley uh, ended his tenure with LAFC, I, I just also thought it was um I was very curious to see how soon uh, they'd hire a head coach and everything. Um but obviously it's taken a lot longer than I think some people expected, but uh I see that Hawaii's here and then Andy's here. If you guys I want to request to speak, I'll, I'll bring you guys I, I bring you on, bring you guys on so you guys can uh, speak. Um, but yeah, as, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. That what we expect to see from the, from some of these uh, from some of the rumors and stuff. And also, I think we also want to get deep into the into the um, the roster and how the roster how the roster looks and some of the people that uh, you know some of the the players that are coming back. Let's see, Hawaii, how you doing? What's up, man? How's it going? It's good. Good. How's the off season treating you? Um, well, the last few days have been raining, so the weather's been crazy. We've just sort of been stuck in the house, which also isn't a bad thing. Um, but other than that, it's, it's been good. You know, I'm spending a lot of time with the family, uh, and, and that's, yeah, that's just what we do here in Hawaii. So it's living the good life, day. I see. It's an everyday. <laughs> why, why, why aren't you blessed to, to be living that good life? Yeah, man, I am lucky. I am lucky, I tell you. Uh, Andy, how you doing, my brother? I know, uh, I know, I see you tweeting about your Patriots consistently. How's how's life treating you? Hey, man, we just we over here, we working, man. There's no off season in sports. I, just because LAFC is done, don't mean nah, I am. So I'm busy, <laughs> man. But everything has been great. Can't complain. That's good. That's good. Uh, what happened to your revs? What happened to the revs? Uh, let's look back to the 2019 LAFC team to find that answer. Man. <laughs> that has nothing to do with LAFC. The Revs, man. The Revs. I don't. I don't know. It was a. Um, it was a really good game, though. I mean, I think we see now. Obviously, NYCFC is an MLS Cup, um, and 
it was it was an interesting, you know, conversation that happened with everybody saying, oh, you know, the reps shouldn't have all that time off. And I get it. You know, we know that the MLS calendar is very quirky. Um, I don't know. There's probably has to be some changes to the playoff schedule. But at the end of the day, your professional team, professional players like that, that layoff can't be the excuse. I think that they they looked pretty slow, which, you know, I think was expected after that, such a long layoff. They let that goal up like, what, three, four minutes into the game. They bounced back quickly, but it was beyond that. They just were never able to get into a flow of the game. And I think uh, New York played really well. Uh, they've been playing well to close the season. So they're going to be a tough matchup for Portland. It's uh, it's tough for, tough for New England to, to lose after such a, a great season. But um, for the most part, the team's going to look the same next year. Bruce is definitely coming back, I think he said today. So uh, they'll try to run it back and see what happens, man. Yeah, you know, before we get into it, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, Portland and NYCFC because those are two teams that I think uh, weren't obviously favored. Um, you know, and obviously they made it. You know, we we seen how Portland's done it when see how NYC has done it. Unfortunately, you know, Philadelphia Union wasn't able to have a full team because of COVID uh, protocol, which is unfortunate. But um, I'm gonna ask you, JP. What, what are your What are your thoughts on on seeing this final? Like, we know what Portland started the season off very slow. I know there was questions uh, about Gio, the head coach Gio, about like if he was the right guy. Now he's leading them to another MLS Cup final, and you know, obviously NYCFC. This is their first time going there. What What are your thoughts on both of these teams, JP? I think um, Portland just encap. I mean, both teams just encap encapsulate. You know what? How to win MLS Cup. Um, because you don't really have to be first place, obviously. Um, no supporter shield has done it. Winner has done it. So, you know, you kind of just have to be top four, fourth or fifth, and top five, you know, in, in the MLS standings, and then just peak, peak at the right time. And that's just what we've been seeing consistently, not just this year, but in other years. Um, I think, you know, Portland has the pressure because they're at home. Um, they get they get Aspria back, and he's, you know, a monster. But NYFC, or yeah, yeah, NYFC has you know had an easy had an easy road. You know, you play the weakest Atlanta team in recent years in Yankee Stadium, which you know is is, is Yankee Stadium. It's not really a soccer field. Only the only you know NYCFC know how to play there. And then they play a refs team who hadn't played in three years. I mean, three weeks. And then they play the Union with thirteen players out. So you know, New York had the easiest way to the finals you know, in recent MLS history. And if they go to Portland and win, then they obviously deserved it because they, you know, they beat hard teams and on the road. But the way they got there has been, you know, questionable. I'm not going to argue it. It was an easy road, but, you know, you can make the argument. And then Portland, you know, is Blanco going to be there or not? And then if Blanco's there with Savarese at home, I think they're the clear favorites. Um, not going to be an easy win, but they should pull it out at home, um, especially the way they, they you know, controlled RSL, um, you know, RSL with the Cinderella run, and, and they just completely controlled them. So I think Portland have the advantage. Um, will they win? I expect them to, but anything can happen in MLS Cup um, with everything we've been seeing. Yeah, I, I would agree. The, the Timbers are very, I think, the, the strongest team uh, there. Hawaii, what are, what are your thoughts when you see a Timbers team with LAFC battle to, you know, since, since the start, since the inaugural season, and you see the start that they had this season, and now to see them and then MLS Cup final, and also, let me get your thoughts on NYCFC. Um, so, I, I didn't watch a lot of uh, NYCFC this year, so I can't really comment on their season. Um, but of course, Timbers we all watch. Uh, you know, and they're they're someone that we rival with uh, 
I feel like is one of our biggest rivals because the games are always so intense, right? And so, um, yeah, man, look, they, they one thing about the Timbers that we know is that they always fight, right? So they can be down, but they're never going to be out because they, they always are going to try to – try to get back at in the game and then they're they're constantly doing that so for me i'm not surprised you know like seattle and portland they always give it their all and every year that we've been in this um league so far i've noticed that um and and i was hopeful that that's something that lafc would have done um but you know obviously we fell short this year so uh yeah man i, I look forward to being a good game i've heard really uh good things about how nycfc has played this year I've called some of the matches. Um, I think a lot of their players are good. So I look forward to it being a, you know, a good match. Yeah, one of the things that, that kind of stands out to me, and I'm with you, Hawaii, more more of the, the um, I've watched more of the Timbers. I, I've got to see a little bit of NYCFC just recently. But one thing, Andy, that sticks out to me is um, how the, the, the Timbers team is built, right? If, so if we just compare it to LFC because we're talking about LFC tonight, that's a very that's a very mature team. That's a team that has a lot of MLS experience, and that's what I feel when I when I look at this LAFC roster and how it was built this year. I, I never felt that it could compete with the Seattle's. I wasn't even thinking Portland, but I was thinking Sporting KC because I had that that MLS experience. And when I and when and when I any when I see Timbers and then I compare it to LAFC, there's there's just a drastic gap on the MLS experience, and I think that's what that's what uh, what re- what really hurt. Uh, LAFC uh, this season. Do you, do you see any of that? Are those similarities, or or is that, or I'm just, or is that just me seeing that? No, I think there's some substance to it. I mean, if you got to think about the, the Timbers and and their staple with Diego Chara, he's been, I mean, a motor. I think you could say, uh, without a question, he's been one of the best midfielders in the league for the amount of time he's been here. Then you put uh, his brother in in the mix, and obviously uh, Jimmy has been great for them this year. And that's not somebody with MLS experience, but just the build of the team. You, they had Jeremy Obosi, who they who they uh, traded this year, but you have Diego Valeri. You have these players that you know they've they've done it before. They've been here, so for sure it, it definitely makes a difference. But I mean, if you think about, you want to know what I think about Portland and New York? It came to my mind since this is an LAFC show today. They both beat LAFC two one this past season with goals in the 90 minute or later. Um, that's what came to my mind because that's what, that's, that's true. That's, those that's are little so margins. Those are little margins in MLS that make a difference when teams start to, you know, to get later on the season. Granted, those games are early on in the year, but those are the type of things that when LAFC was letting points slip away that make a difference because we could talk all about, you know, um, it's the four seeds in both sides and both conferences, but, Four seed guarantees you a home game. So both of these teams did play a home game. And that, at the end of the day, helps you when you're in the playoffs. So look at Portland now. I mean, for all the things that happened in the West this season, since we since we followed along so closely and everybody looking at the seeding and stuff, who would have thought that Portland would have went through what they went through and still been able to host MLS Cup? And it's, it's kind of wild how just a few months ago we were talking about this team potentially not even being in the mix when the race was so close in those last final, let's say, five, ten, uh, eight spots. So... It's really, it's really crazy, and we know MLS Cup is, is you know, the playoffs itself are, are they're, they're really wild. It's really unpredictable. I mean, the league itself is as well. But you, you take a look at a coach like Gio Savarese, and we have to, we have to give Portland credit, man. The Pacific Northwest runs, runs the Western Conference. They've been doing it for the past, I don't know how many years. It's been either the Sounders or the Timbers. So, I mean, when you have those reps, when you have that type of roster, when you have those players, I mean, it's, 
it's not that surprising to me to see Portland in this stage. I'm very surprised to see New York City there because of a lot of the stuff that Gio talked about. But just in general, you know, this is a team that has had, which is I was just having this conversation a little while ago, has had legends, like actual football global legends on their team in the past and have not been able to have the amount of success that they've had this year, which um, is obviously your credit to coaching and what's happening in New York with that team. But also, you know, when you're, when you make a run like that, when you, you know, people are not really expecting you to be there, that's, that's huge. And right now, uh, the same way, I guess, uh, Real Salt Lake was doing, I think New York's playing with a little bit of house money. I mean, they, they barely got by Philly, right? Can we say that? I think that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. scored a late goal and, and the team that they probably should have, you know, beat, with the circumstances um, easily, they didn't do that. Um, I think they played a great game in, in Foxborough. I'll give them that. They played a great game in Foxborough. But once again, you have to give them credit. I mean, you have the golden boot, the golden boot winner, sorry, in Tati. You have Maxi Morales, who is, is proven uh, to be able to pull the strings there in New York. Like, that's a that's a talented roster up and down. Obviously, a great goalkeeper. Um, and and they, play a, they play a very interesting brand of football. I think the most important thing for New York City is that they're they're able to adapt, and I think when we kind of push things back to LAFC and when, what we saw from Bob a lot to the four years, it's, there was a lot of times that we didn't see too much um, changes in what Bob was doing, and then we talk about the four three three getting stagnant and teams figuring it out. New York City has shown at least this season that they've been able to adapt to to different um, conditions, and I think the game they played in New York is obviously very different than the game they played against Atlanta, which is very different than the game they played against Philly. So. It's gonna be a great game. I think. I think. Um, you know. I don't think anybody wants to see Salt Lake in the in the MLS Cup final. No disrespect to anybody associated, but um, I think it's gonna be a good game. I think for for you know how the playoffs uh, turned out. I think that these are the two best teams that um, that could give us a, a good matchup. So I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah. No. I, I'm gonna be one of those that I did want to see RSL just for the fact that I wanted to see a seventh seed and just make it to the final and just like, screw screw with everybody's head. And, you know, and I, I love, like, how David Ochoa, um, I know he, he's a very, uh, what's the word, controversial player or whatever. But, like, to me, like, in order for the MLS to grow, you need players that are going to be hated like David Ochoa. You need your players that are going to be liked and all these different things. Um, obviously, like, I know m- many people may not see that, but you need, uh, what's the word, like, characters or villains and all those different things. And I think Ochoa played it played it pretty well. Obviously, when he got scored on, uh, you know, that, that second goal by Portland Timbers, yeah, that, that's when everybody came on him. But I, I really like uh, David Ochoa's game. I really like what, what he's doing, and I, I hope he keeps it up uh, to upset other people. But, you know, for for RSL to do it the way they did it, you know, without, without you know, without an owner, with the head coach leaving halfway through the season, um, that to me just tells me so much more of what LAFC lacked this season. Um, because if, if a team like RSL can have, the, yes, may, let's put it this way, they got lucky to get into the playoffs, right? We'll, we'll just throw that out there, right? But to, for them to be able to do what they did in the playoffs, for them to be able to to adjust and take these punches and not to have a, a star, star players like Carlos Vela and spend all the DP money like Brian Rodriguez, that to me shows a big a big gap on how you really have to build these teams if you wanna if you wanna go pretty far. Um, you know, I don't think you really need all these big names. I just think you need a little bit more experience. And I think we'll, we'll definitely get more into that. But uh, my point being, uh, there needs to be more characters like David Ochoa. Not everybody can be, can play that role. But I, I love that he's been able to blossom uh, within these MLS playoffs. And hopefully we see more of that uh, come 2022. All right, let's talk about um, 
so it's been almost a month. November 18th, LAFC and Bob Bradley parted ways. Um, so it's almost, I mean, 11 days from being a month. I'm very surprised um, that, that that a head coach hasn't been announced Um Within, I know there, there's a lot of names that that have came out. I know we'll, we'll get into that. But first question, uh, JP, are you surprised? Are you upset? Are surprised? Upset? Obviously, as someone that covers the team, someone a fan of the team, that LAFC has not announced a head coach. Um, uh, no, and I'm not surprised. Um, but I, uh, part of me is disappointed. Um, but then again, part of me just doesn't feel like JT needs to rush into this. Um, it's a big vacancy. It's a big market, big shoes to fill in after Bob, a loaded roster uh, with a lot of potential. So I understand um, why, you know, JT potentially can be taking his time in the front office, you know, to make this higher. But uh, my biggest question is, you know, if they don't announce a coach by the expansion draft, who's making these picks? Um, is it JT making these picks or is it the new coach that they haven't announced yet? Um that's that's my biggest concerns, um, but yeah, I, I think a coaching need a co- yeah the new coach needs to be announced before. Um, when when is that date for the expansion? The thirteenth, I think the it's 13th. right after MLS Cup. Okay, yeah. so that's that, that's pretty quick. Yeah, and yeah. That, that I think that to me is is just a little bit surprising, even with the with the end of the roster, because you're you're having you and the same thing. The season starts February twenty sixth, so you you only have about a month, uh, like two month, a month and a half once the year starts. Um, so I would assume, and I talked about this yesterday, but I would assume the season, the preseason is going to start middle middle of of of, of January. So you want to get uh, in the rhythm. You want to be able to start building the roster. Not just that. To me, also, you want to be able to bring bring in uh, some players. Um, Hawaii, how are you feeling? Uh, are you okay with the amount of time it's taken so far? Knowing that the the season is uh, the turnaround season, you, you know, the, it's a twenty twenty two World Cup coming around, so things are starting quick. How, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I'm. Not, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not excited about it. I wish that we um, would have the announcement of a manager. You know, we have other things that we need to be thinking about with players and DPS and and stuff like that. So I would I would like to know that we have a manager already. Um, I understand where JP's coming from, and I also know around like, you know, the middle time of uh, December, a lot of uh, contracts might open up and things. But you know, it's it's just a you wait around for so long, um, you you know, and you see these other clubs announcing things, and you're like, yo, what are we doing? You know, with the season uh, being such a short off season. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it worries you. Um, but then look, you know, that worry could go away, uh, if, if, uh, JT makes the right decision, right? Like he brings in this beast of a manager and then everybody's like, oh, he did the right thing. But if it falls through, then this is a whole nother conversation. Like you waited this long and now you're not winning. And then it's a bunch of blame. And then JT is just going to be really, um, more in the hot seat than he probably has been, uh, you know, the last year. So, you know, it's a sticky, it's a sticky one. And, uh, I hate that our team is in it already in the fourth year. Um, but it's, it's a position that we're in and hopefully, uh, within this week or, or something that we'll get some type of, um, you know, hint or something of who it's going to be. And that would be nice, but we'll, we'll just have to see. 
Yeah, no, I'm um, great points. Um, with the short season, Andy, what what are your thoughts? Obviously, um, you you this is a big decision, but obviously you you definitely want to make the right choices. Um, given that, what what are your thoughts on on how this uh, process has gone so far? Uh, I think you know, I think it's normal. I the season. It's funny because the season is not over. Like the MLS season is is not over itself. Obviously, LAFC season has been over for a while, but. Um, I, I don't. I, I didn't foresee them announcing anything until the season ended, anyway. Because you, there's, you know, there's certain things that have to play out regardless. Um, that being said, there is not a lot of time, and I think that I, I wrote about this in, in my last LSC piece. But like the coach, the coach needs to be brought in to, to start making some of these decisions quickly, right? And I think when you try to talk about Vela and talk about other players and movement and just all different types of things the coach has to be part of those decisions. And I, and I think I know JT for sure is on board with that, which is interesting point that JB brings up about the extension draft. But at the end of the day, like if you're making a, a, a couple of decisions on certain things moving forward without a coach, that's not um, ideal. So I think that it, uh, they, they definitely have the pressure to announce something soon, but you know, it's not something that you rush when it comes to coaches because uh, this is monumental. This is probably let's say the biggest decision LAFC is going to make in their hit in their, what, five years going into their five years of the franchise in terms of who they hire, what they bring in, uh, what direction the team goes in, because all people have known is Bob Bradley and, and those four years were what they were. You, you could say great things. You could say terrible things, but at the end of the day, um, JT has said this as well. There, there's a foundation that Bob built. There's a, there's an attitude. There's an identity that like, I, I think I talked to you last time about this Gio that, there's going to be a lot of characteristics that JT is looking for in a new coach. And it can't be a coach that's going to come in and, and be a hundred percent different from what Bob was doing. So there's going to be things that um, LAFC really is owning in on when they're looking for that coach. And it's not, um, you can't just snap your fingers and say, okay, this is going to be the ideal guy. Let's bring him in. So it's a very, very important decision. I'd rather, um, I think it's, I want to say I'd rather, I think it benefits LAFC to take, time. I say that cautiously because I don't mean a lot of time. I just mean that benefits them to take a little bit of time and and make sure that they get this right because they already know what type of situation they're in. Obviously fans were not happy and a lot of them are still not happy um, because it's, you know, everything that's going on. But um, like I said, it's, it's, this is going to be super important for LAFC, not just this upcoming season, but moving forward. So they need to, they need to nail this and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I definitely see uh, some of the concerns I've seen uh, on Twitter and stuff with, with some of the fans. I think it's, it's just um, just the lack of, uh, of some of the communication. Um, because uh, to me, look, if this is a club that, that represents, that, you know, talks about representing the city and all these different things. And I see a lot of fans upset that the transparency is not there. Um, obviously, you know, big coaching decision you you want um, – you want someone that is going to be successful and, and bring on and bring in a successful, uh, you know, uh, attitude and commitment, you know, something that we saw from, from Bob Bradley. But I feel like, um, I feel like it may be different though. Like whoever comes in, it, because like, let me put it this way. Um, what, what is, what is LAFC style of play? Right. Without Bob Bradley right now. Like I just don't really know because of what we saw this 2021 season, I didn't know what style of play they were like. So when you think of right, I don't want to compare it because it's not fair. But like when you think of Barcelona, you know what type of style they play, and I know Bob wanted to resemble that. When you look at uh, you know other clubs around the world, you know what style of play. But when you look at LAFC, I can't tell you what style of play LAFC is. So 
when you bring, when you look at these coaches, right? And I'm this is just me thinking out loud. Any of these coaches could be potentially be the coach, like, right? If if it was uh, Turco versus Jesse Marsh or whatever, like, no one knows what style of play is, and JT hasn't said what style of play is. It the same thing as Bob Riley, you know, the four three three or the five three two. What what style of play it is, you know? And I think that's that's the that's the first thing that has to be addressed. What style of play does LAFC want to play? Um, and I don't know. I don't know because what we saw in 2021 was disappointing. What we saw a lot of confusion and also how you built the roster, how that roster was built last year was uh, uh, not good. It was not good. And you saw the results of that. Yeah. Bob Bradley took most of the blame, but I just don't think that was all on Bob Bradley. Um, and there you see him, everything that Bob Bradley is doing, watch how Bob Bradley builds his roster and watch how LA. I'm very interested to say how Bob Bradley builds his roster and how LAFC will build the roster. And that, I think that's going to answer a lot of questions for 2021 going into 2022 i think uh, you'll be able to get a lot of those questions that a lot of people had in 2021 but right now when i look at this team um Jay, let me ask you jp let me and then i'll go to you hawaii what what style of play do you see lafc playing because I, I don't really see it right now i think it just i think we have enough to to play a lot of styles but ultimately we just need to be offensive we we have the, the pieces to control the game um to set the tone and to score a lot of goals this roster has enough talent to somewhat replicate 2019. Um, you know, there were times in this season where we just outplayed their rivals and we just didn't score and ultimately, you know, gave up these goals in the last minute and dropped points. But, you know, it's not like LAFC played horrible throughout this whole season. It was just a lot of mental mistakes and lapses that just cost us points that ultimately had us what two but or three I think I think playoffs. missing the missing the playoffs with uh, the roster that you have I think is pretty bad uh, you shouldn't be missing the playoffs when you have this kind of roster well no um, that's, that's why but we can still be offensive and we showed that so I think we don't need to change the style of play that much but um, what is it what is the style of play though but is it, if it's just offensive that's just that's what I'm saying that's what I'm trying to get at if you're just saying offset, offensive, any any team can be offensive, but there's no clear style of play right at the moment, and I think that's that that needs to be identified because you know what Barcelona's going to play, you know what uh, Juventus or whatever, you know all these different teams what they're going to play with LAFC this year. I think they got lost in all that because of the type of roster build. Why well, I saw you had your hand up. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to do one of those emojis, uh, but but no, I yes, yeah, so I think. Um, I read an article. Someone wrote that that Thornton said that LAFC style is like going to be an attacking style football. Um, but I can't be quoted on. I can't remember exactly where I read this, but I think that's what mostly um, we had in 2018 and 19. And I think that's what maybe JT wants. Um, by no means was that what we've had. Uh, what we had last year. I mean, we tried to at the end of the season. Uh, but, you know, we just never really controlled the game like uh, we did in the previous season. So I would, I would assume that it, he wants uh, an attacking style. Um, but again, you know, look, we, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be a 4-3-3 or whatever. But um, I also feel like managers bring um, a style that they like exactly. also, yeah. you know. And, and, and I think, um, you know, uh, owners and, 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 and GMs can say, Hey, yeah, I want this, but you know, he has to figure out what he has on the pitch 
and and that's going to be different for everybody you know it's and i can just use chelsea for an example you know you had lampard that had a style and then you had tt come in and just completely completely change it and look at chelsea now compared to what they were with uh with uh lampard you know what i mean it's just different and and he in their play completely changed right so we'll just have to see who who we hire if it's an aggressive one or, or someone that wants to park the bus. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, Chelsea's another great example. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if, uh, if LAFC goes, has some type of, uh, they switch it up. Um, because you, you, I think I do, you would want to see something different, um, opposed to what, what we saw obviously last year from 2021. Uh, Andy, l- let's talk about this 2022 roster. Um, we know, we know who's staying here. Um, the big thing that stays, sticks with me is, the goalkeeper, Tomas Romero, he's the only goalkeeper that, that stayed here. Uh, uh, Jamal Blackman uh, didn't make it, didn't make the cut. Obviously, we knew about uh, Pablo Cisnegas. Um, the the list of defenders, midfielders are there. Um, what sticks out to you when you when you see this 2022 roster? Yeah, you said it. I, I've said this, I think, for the past, I guess, uh, let me just say I've said this the whole time since LASC has been in the league. I don't know what they're looking for. In a goalie, I really just don't understand it. I haven't understood it from the very beginning. I mean, this is the most baffling uh, question mark for LAFC right now. Is what the hell is going on between the pipes? Like, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. It this year it was a disaster from the beginning to the end, starting with getting rid of Kenneth Vermeer the day before the season opener, yeah. and then everything that transpired with Pablo, with with Tomas, and that, and then with Jamal. Like, listen, we it's a goalie is is judged on. You can only judge a goalie on certain things, right? Like, you, there's not a lot of stuff that you could judge a goalie on. And I don't think any of them were particularly bad. And, I don't, and I've said it to you guys before. I don't think Tyler Miller was particularly bad in certain things that he did. But I just don't understand where the, where the focus is for a goalie. So that, to me, and I've said this to you before, Gio, and probably JP in Hawaii as well, for you to be trying to fix a roster, right, and you having a lot of different question marks on what you really need to improve on, to kind of turn things around after, let's say, two really bad seasons, not really bad, but two bad seasons, one your worst season coming off your worst season. For you to be looking for a goalie at that at that stature is, is to me, ridiculous. Like, that should be the least of your worries when you're trying to find places to, uh, uh, holes to fill and people to plug in wherever. So the fact that this team is, I, I suppose, going to be looking for another starting goalie, which, look, at Tomas is, is playing now with La Selección, like, I say just keep giving him a chance, but from what it seems, they're going to do the same thing they did this year, let him play for a little bit and have somebody else take his spot. I have no clue what's going on there. And then the other thing for me is is um, is defensively. Like, I don't know what the plan is because we talked about this year a lot about um, Jesus David Murillo and people, I mean, I, I said it from the beginning, Gio, you know this, I, I was never big on him coming in as mm-hmm. somebody that followed him from when he played in Medellin down in Colombia. But, I mean... Is I could could you feasibly see a situation where like Mamadou Fall did enough this year to to bench him? Like I don't know, I don't know how that works. Um, obviously Eddie Segura when he's back is 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 the man back there, but like I think Mamadou was was did did enough to earn that. And then you just have players that you know you don't know exactly what's gonna happen. I I I mean obviously Chicky's pretty defined in his in his spot in the left, um, and then the right. I mean it's just it's it's just a revolving door to me, and and. And uh, you know you hate to keep bringing back old things, but like this wasn't a problem in the past. And obviously, having Walker Zimmerman there is a, is a whole different story. But at the end of the day, 
uh, as much as Bob wanted to, to dance around a lot of things this year, like defense and offensively, obviously nothing was good. Let's keep honest. Nothing was really that good, but offensively and, and in the terms of style of play, like you guys were just talking about, they did a lot of what they set out to do this season, which is still, uh, you know, dominate possession. There's still a lot of games that they, that they outshot the opponents like ridiculously. And they, ju- they just couldn't score. Like, and I'm not saying that it was a good, good offense, but they, they did a lot of what, what that um, idea was defensively from the beginning to the end to me, it was just very inconsistent. Like, and we say a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of, you know, little things here and there, but that just can't be the excuse throughout the whole year. Like they, they did it from the beginning to the end. So I think to me is what they do to, um, to either help that defense or are they going to roll with, you know, we got these guys right here. There's going to be our back line and then we'll, we'll go from there. I think everything moving forward, the midfield is stacked. You still have attacking players that are, are really good. And on any given day could, could be, you know, one of the best attacks in, in MLS. So I think for me, it really starts at, at goalkeeper and, and then the back line for sure. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with you. It's definitely the the back line. Um, and you know, to add up to your point, going into year five, LAFC is still looking for the for the number one uh, goalkeeper, which which is mind boggling. And so I think we're gonna see it. Was that more of a Bob um, decision, or was that more of a front office decision? And I think we're gonna get our answer um, in twenty twenty two. JP, when you look at this roster and the players that are returning, uh, what, what what what's on your mind? Um, yeah, Andy, I think covered it well. I would not really bring anybody in the attack I think we have enough wingers I think we have Moose to back up Chicho um I think that should maybe stay that shouldn't be the area of focus that's not the area of concern um touching up on on what Andy said about the center back spot we have Segura coming back we have Fall we have Ibiaga we have Murillo and we have um Tristan Blackman who can play that you know that opens up a lot of possibilities some games we can play five in the back some games we could play two I would personally start Fall and Segura because what does LAFC want to do? They want to sell the youth and make money off of them. So cutting or benching Fall for Murillo would be counterproductive in that aspect. Um, and I think Fall has proven that he's he has a high ceiling. Um, so I wouldn't cut his wings and, you know, just keep on playing him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the goalie situation, I personally would, would keep Romero and give him, you know, the – the starting role but if you bring a well-established experienced goalkeeper from mls who's you know 27 28 then then that makes sense it's 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 who you bring in at the goalie spot that won't cause a, a you know drama or concern in the fan base as to why we keep messing up this goalie this goalie position because if we don't want to mess it up then just keep tomas there give him the confidence and you know have him be our youthful keeper that we can flip in the future Again, another person we can flip in the future who's, who's I guess, part of the LAFC philosophy or, or culture that we want to have, you know, sell, buy young and then sell, develop and sell. I so think if you want to do that. With that, I think, I don't know, I don't know, I can't really see flipping a goalkeeper. I don't, I don't really see that. Um, I think that, if you that... give him confidence, then, then yeah, I mean, he came off one year from college. So obviously they, they touted him highly. It's a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a possibility, especially, at, you know, when the club states that they want to, Sell, sell. Yeah, you, I, you I just think I think everything else um, outside of goalkeeper, I just I just don't see them flipping to Mashamaro. I, I think you would have to have 
an impressive, not saying he's capable uh, of doing that, but I just, I just think more whatever I understood is more in the mindset is the players I play uh, in, in the, in the field defense, obviously more, more of the attackers are the ones you're going to typically flip. You don't really typically flip goalkeepers. I, I haven't really seen that, but I, I do look just to add on, I do like Tomas Romero, but I just don't think that's, um, that's the front office's guy um, because or else they wouldn't have blocked Jamal, Jamal Blackman. Um, into into the situation, um, into the the last couple uh, last couple months of the season, um, and I do I do, and it's good for Tomas Romero to get that get that opportunity um, with El Salvador and get that experience. Uh, I just want to see how his career blossoms um, because you definitely he's the currently the only he's the only keeper in, in, on the roster, so we have to see with that. Um, but yeah, I, what what are your thoughts? Give me give me your thoughts on, on the wing backs, uh, JP, on the right backs, left backs. What what are your thoughts on those? I mean, I think we're fine. We have two. We have Farfan and Palacios, um, and then we have Moon and, and Blackman who can fill in that right back spot. Um, I think it's fine. I think Moon started off well with Latif and Vela, and then Vela got injured, never went went off for international duty, came back, never really got his footing again. Um, and then towards the end, you can kind of see. Him trying to, you know, be offensive again, trying to build chemistry with Chicho. Um, so I saw flashes of it, but Moon needs to tidy up defensively. That's his biggest, biggest area. Um, and you're paying him a lot of money, so he ultimately, you know, just needs to be better defensively. And I think we're we're solid at, at the wing back spot, both left and right. Um, I think we need a center back, and we need somebody to in the midfield with MLS experience who who can command this midfield if Atuesta is to leave, because that's another name that can leave. So depending on that, you need somebody to fill in in that midfield spot. Um, Latif, Guinella, Sifu, but you need somebody else if Atuesta leaves to to be the leader, um, to have MLS experience, which is something that JT, um, you know, highlighted in, in today's interview that came out. Um, but yeah, I think the center back, midfield, and, and goalie, you know, the backbone of the team needs to be highlighted, uh, needs to be addressed this offseason, um, preferably with MLS experience. Um, and then we also have that DP who spot, slot open up until Rossi comes back if the deal doesn't come through. Um, so that's great. a lot that we, that can happen. Yeah, but, great, yeah, great. back one of the team. No, no, great, great, great points. Uh, Hawaii, what are, what are your thoughts um, when you see this roster going into 2022? Um, well, I mean, I, I said it all last season. I want some more – well, JT said it today, but I, I want some more veterans on this team. Uh, you know, I would I would actually like one on the back line, uh, from me personally. So center back would be great. Um, as for the goalie situation, I mean, uh, I like Tomas. I think that uh, he could be a great goalie. I think that our defense let him down a lot. Um, I don't know if necessarily he should have got all the, um, you know, like blame for a lot of those matches. Uh, but look, as JP said and hit on it, if they go and get someone that, you know, has some years in, in the league and, and is looking for somewhere new and he's good, I, I can see him grabbing the job. Uh, but, you know, look, when it comes to the goalie situation, as you said, come this year, this next year, we'll, we'll see a lot if Toronto has the same type of situation that was on Bob. You know, and, and, and so we shouldn't be in that type of situation with whatever manager comes in uh, unless the keepers just aren't good enough. Um, so and then when it comes to uh, Moon and stuff, you know, um, Palacios, uh, she, you know, I'm, I'm a Moon fan. 
Uh, I see people's point on his uh, defense, but, um, you know, I, I'm a real fan of Moon. I enjoy watching him him play. And when it comes to Palacios, uh, you know, I, I think um, he fell out of form in the middle of the season and then caught it back towards the end. Uh, so I, I don't I don't mind him staying around, but I, I would like to get some veteran on, on the back line somewhere. Yeah, I think uh, to me, when I look at this back line, I think um... – the whole back line was was very uh, struggled. I, th- I just think I don't think Marco Farfan and Diego Palacios, whether you played them, play them at right back or wing backs, are the guys. Um, that's just me. They, I think they they could come off the bench, but I just don't see them as starters. Um, at times, a wing, uh, Palacios could be a great wing back, uh, but at times, uh, you know, he he struggles sometimes on the defensive end. Um, Kim Mumon, he's amazing. He's an amazing wing back. We saw how he. He, he he did with Carlos Vela on that wing back position, but yeah, he does struggle defensively if you play him just 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 as a as a right back. So that it's going to be interesting to see what what the next coach decides, right? Whoever it is, right. you know, play uh, three in the, are you play four in the back? Excuse me, three in the back or, or, or right or the other five? You know how we saw the five three two with, with Bob, and I think that that's what that's going to be interesting because I just don't see Palacios and Farfan being the right and left back. I think you just need to add so much depth because of what we saw this year from those two. Um, I think they're great offense op- options off the bench, but I just don't see them as being uh, MLS starters um, in this league from what we saw. Look, they could put in a great offseason and, you know, they could c- completely change my mind um, if, if they put in a great offseason and I have a great 2022. But going from from that, I just don't feel that. I think those, those are the uh, – those are the – Focal points that should be addressed: um, goalkeeper, right back, left back, and you throw in another center back because um, we know what we see, what we saw from Rio. Uh, it's, it's definitely not um, not what you what you want to see move, moving forward. Um, let's you talk about that. Let's talk. Let's talk about the JP uh, the JT interview. Um, how did you? I didn't watch it. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't listen to it. I didn't get. A, I didn't get a chance to do it. Uh, JP, what were your thoughts on it? Because I know a lot of people on Twitter were, were very upset and they weren't happy with it. Um, you know, well, I, um, I don't think the the big heavy questions were were gonna get answered for the fan base. You know, he wasn't gonna say who who he interviewed, who he who he has interviewed. Um, nothing like that was gonna be touched on. I think the biggest um takeaways that I got was the U twenty two um incentive from MLS, the DP incentive. We're already using them, and you know, none of us knew that. We all thought we had those spots that we could we could be using. And okay. who who are they using in the month? Um, I. He said they were already used up. Um, I didn't. I had two minutes left. Maybe covered him, but I'm assuming it's Palacios, Sifu, and, and Guinella. Those are the guys that fit the age. Um, don't quote me on it, but he did say um, that that were being used. I'm not, I'm not sure if those are the players, but he said we're, they're being used. So we don't have that flexibility anymore. Um, he also said that you know MLS. We need MLS experience, and I think that's the biggest takeaway because Phil Haber left. Um, no one covered it, covered his, his spot with MLS experience. Betashore left, nobody covered his spot with MLS experience. Simon left, Zimmerman left, nobody covered his spot with MLS experience. So I think that's what JT really needs to be keen on. Um, also, the Vela situation, um, you know, he's only here for six months. You know, the, the, the club exercised the option, but it wasn't for the full season. So that also is another issue that, you know, he, he addressed. Uh, he said everything's on the table with Vela. So I personally think he's going to stay. Um, but it's it's still something that's you know in the minds of LAFC fans, especially having the, the Rossi spot open with him potentially coming back in six months. So anything could happen. 
Um, but yeah, I think he he covered that. He addressed the MLS experience, which I think was good, but he didn't really give us information on who the next coach was going to be um, or anything like that. But yeah, the insight is always great. Good to, uh, Hawaii, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, on what? I'm sorry. On the on the interview. Um, the interview oh, on released. the interview. So the interview. Um, I'm like JP. I didn't expect to, you know much out of it. Uh, you know the thing is, it's frustrating. It's just frustrating, man. Is, uh, you know you you, you have this club that they say they're going to be super transparent and they're going to you know deal with things a certain way, and you get you get people and and supporters and fans like myself that follow other clubs that, you know, understand how this whole football works. And when you get a club like LAFC, that's never transparent. It's so frustrating, you know, and it, is, it gets aggravating. And then you think, all right, well, this is, this might be an interview that we get something and you walk away just like let down again. And it's crazy, you know, because um, we really didn't get much, you know, uh, the, for the coaching, it was, I'm going to give you a good coach. And it was laughed about. And for me, that hit hard mm. uh, because mm. I feel like we deserve some type of something. I'm not saying, hey, tell me that it's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a certain name, but I feel that maybe, you know, you give just a little hope to us, right? Like yeah, give yeah. us a little bit of an egg and so we can be excited about what what is what is being said you know what i mean and and you don't get that and um and you know look the, the thing about um what the usl and, and and the lights uh i think he addressed that for a second he said that they're still going to be working together next year okay cool um he he put four seconds to the Velo thing. It's all on the table. That's all we got. You know, things just don't really get talked about and it gets looked over. And, and sometimes it makes you almost feel like they really don't care about the fans. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, mm -hmm. it, it really doesn't feel like they care about the supporters at, at times. And it, it's, it's a little uh, frustrating, but you know, look, this is a club I chose and I'm rocking with it regardless. And, and I'm just going to try to find the best out of whatever situations that we get, you know, yeah, hey, look, look, I appreciate you being, um, you know, sharing, sharing that. Um, the funny thing to me, the interesting to me is like uh, covering both teams. I get to see, I can, the good thing, the good and bad thing, I get to compare and contrast to both things, right? Um, I'm, I, I've always been shocked how the transparency, because of what LASU talks about, and I just think the transparency could be better. Um, obviously, you're not going to, you know, you don't need to necessarily announce. We'll be like, hey, by this date, we're going to have a, go, uh, a head coach, you know, by June or by December, whatever. I think that anything, anything. <laughs> but I think even addressing like, yeah, Carlos Vela is our guy or, you know, or anything like that. Because, you know, when I cover the team across town, um, their front office has been more has been very transparent, whether 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 the fans like them or not. They, their front offices, I've come up from what I've experienced, has been a little bit more transparent. Um, than LAFCs and I look you don't you don't like you're just asking for something you're not asking like hey tell me every single thing but I'm just surprised how um, LAFC has missed the mark every single time on that when they've they've had a great opportunity to talk to their fans and be like hey this is it and also the, the accountability um, uh, of LAFC has really shocked me because you know how they they talk about you know representing the city um, and other things but I think you guys are starting to realize, like, unfortunately, this is how things are being run there, um, you know, and, and, and you as a supporter, um, 
you know, all you can do is talk about it. And obviously we could talk about it here, but I, I'm also very surprised um, that it was going to be like that. I, I didn't listen to it. I, I just, I just felt like I, it was going to be same, the same, same thing being repeated, unfortunately. So that that's why, that's why I didn't listen to it. Um, look, I've, I've invited uh, JT to come on here, um, you know, uh, to interview him and stuff like that. Unfortunately, that hasn't been able to be made, um, you know, because uh, to me, I, I, I try to get on him just to ask him, you know, some, some honest questions, not to, you know, you know, dial him in and stuff like that. But I just felt like some, I think they're just missing the mark uh, on connecting with their fans on this, because if you're really going to be a team, a club about the, about the city, you, you gotta be, you gotta give like what you're saying, Hawaii is something, give me at least something, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't, I don't, and I, I don't know why it's so hard to give that something, you know what I'm saying, to, to season ticket holders or whatever. And I don't, I don't I mean, understand that. Like, like you said, it's as simple as a date, you know, just like, yeah. give it, you know, and, and, and then it makes people excited, you know, and that, that's all, but you know, whatever. No, uh, Andy, did, did you listen to it? If you did, let us know your thoughts. If you didn't, um, yeah, yeah. I, I checked it out right before we started. I was trying to, I didn't know how long it was. So I was nervous. I wasn't going to be able to listen to it. But yeah, I, I'm actually uh, surprised that LA, I'm, I'm on the opposite. And I'm actually surprised that LAFC lets John speak as much as they do. Because I don't really see that um, from a lot of other teams around the league, to be honest. Um, whether or not, I see you know, it people, from, I see it. So I don't mean, from the Galaxy side, uh, Dennis the close always spoke. He was yeah, yeah. Dennis was, was good. And no, it, ha- it definitely happens. It definitely happens. But in in terms of an end of a um, end of season, like with, with so much going on, it's it's surprising to me. But yeah, I think that at the end of the day, we know like there's there's um how how these interviews work. It's the same thing when that that random Vela interview happened on on IG Live. Like it 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 kind of just like left people with a little bit more of you know kind of like okay questions and then answers. But um, at the end of the day, you know we're not they're not in the position that they're going to say any revealing information. During but I think, look, but I think when you're going to do an interview, all eyes are on you. And I for think sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? When you're going to do an interview like that, um, and if you don't give something, I get what you're trying to say, but it's been too many of those. You feel I me? Feel you. I feel but you. I, I just feel like when you're going to do an interview like that, people are looking for something, especially when you just let go of the head coach, you know, you let go of Bob Bradley, Right. And I just feel like this is an opportunity to communicate with the fans. Hey, we know it wasn't good, but it's going to be better. Um, and if you're going to speak on that publicly, then I feel like you at least got to give something. Yeah, that's the and part. That, that part got me because there was there nobody. They didn't really say anything after the Bob thing. Right. There was just the press release. And then that was that. They were, like this was the first time anybody actually said something, which was was a little weird. Um, uh, I don't know, man. I, I like I said, I, I don't. I didn't. I don't expect much from from those interviews anyway, because you know, being around uh, the the I guess team and and different in the league in general, uh, there's there's certain there's certain times that you know information is not going to be revealed. There's certain times that you know they might reveal it. Um, I think that it's it's good that he's speaking. I'm not saying that it's not, but once again, are you saying if if it's not anything that's revealing, um, I guess cr- revealing any anything of substance, then you know it's not. You're gonna walk away and say, okay, whatever. I, I mean, cool, but I, I, I didn't necessarily need that. So, um, at the end of the day, listen, I, I think that JT, along with anybody else that's that's part of the organization now, knows that uh, the pressure is on. Be, you know, beyond what happened this past two seasons, they they already know. Like this is a the the I said it before. The honeymoon phase for LAFC is is, is well past over. Like this is a 
a whole different a whole different dynamic that that they're dealing with now. I know they they talked about LAFC 2.0 and whatnot, but this is uh like I said earlier, this is monumental for what happens not just for next season but in the future for LFC. So they know, man. There's no secret. We talked about we talked about it with Bob before he was uh, before he parted ways. Like it was the same thing, and obviously one somebody had to take the blame mostly. But uh, JT knows that that the situation is not great for LFC from the outside looking in for for a, a fan's perspective and things like that. So um, yeah, the work the work has to be done, and I don't think I don't think him speaking right now changes any of that. Um, I think that he just has, they have to, they have to make these things happen sooner than later and then, um, show something. Cause if not, then I said it before, things will end up being a lot worse faster than they will be a lot better. Yeah. No, I just think just to close that off, there was, there was an ele- elephant in the room and it wasn't addressed as simple as that. And I didn't even, I didn't even listen to the interview. I just heard what everybody's saying, uh, on Twitter. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about the, the, the co- head coaching, uh, options that there are, um, Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give the names that I've that I've seen. Uh, you guys, let me know if I miss anything. Uh, uh, they're, obviously, they're targeting uh, Antonio Mohamed, uh, who coached in Liga MX. He's won uh, Liga MX uh, championships down there. Jesse Marsh, who's uh, who's uh, RB Leipzig. Um, Juan Carlos Osorio, who used to coach the Mexican national team. Ante Razov uh, and Steve Sharundalo, who were on the uh, well. Ante Razov was one of the assistants, and Steve Sharundalo was running. Uh, Las Vegas lights. Um, JP, when you see those names, uh, what what are your thoughts? Um, you know, Turco and uh, Marsh would be the two top um, picks. It would be the less controversial picks. Um, the t- the picks that you know would would have the fan base, the majority of the fan base, most happy. I think. Um, but uh, Chirundolo and Razov, um, there can be the argument that they also, you know, deserve their shot. I think more Razov deserves the opportunity to be head coach. He's been an assistant at Seattle, at at LAFC, obviously for all this time. So I think he has enough experience and MLS knowledge of the league, you know, to to, to coach this team. But you also want somebody who's who's been able to win, and I think um, Turco embodies that, and he also knows the language um, and can I think identify with you know the South American base that we do have. Um, I don't think Juan Carlos Osorio helps. Um, I think the the Mexican fan base will not be happy with his pick. Um, he he's Colombian, and we have a lot of Colombians on the team and South Americans on the team, so I think that helps. But I think Osorio's time is past, and and you know he isn't the the man for the job. But my number one is Turco Marsh. I understand MLS experience, one supporter shield. Um, obviously has European experience, which is which is monumental. So those are my top two. Um, the problem is, I don't know if LAFC have made that link with Marsh or if Marsh has just been linked to LAFC by the media. Um, there was only one report about Turco, and then after that, that trail has gone quiet. Um, and then Osorio had, I guess, the most outlets cover his interview. Um, and then obviously Razov and JT, I mean, and Chirundolo being, being the home guys, obviously there's always going to be coverage there. But I like the options. Um, obviously, I already stated my top two. But, you know, it's a big job, and, and hopefully JT gets it right um, and the coach, you know, just flourishes after being appointed. Yeah, no, I mean, two, two, two out of what, the five options are, are really solid. The other three, I, I think, are, are interesting. Um, why? How, how are you feeling about these, uh, these five potential uh, targets? Um, I, I like Marsh uh, and, um, you know, Turco. 
uh, and then uh, Razo Razov. Is that how you say it? Razov. Razov. Yeah. Yeah. I I like them. Um, that that's my top three. Uh, I like the Bungus Liga, so I, I know about Marsh's play and stuff, and and so he's someone that I would like to see here with, especially him having MLS experience and stuff like that. But, um, you know that he would be my number one, but it's. It's, it's, it's sort of a far fetch, you know. I, I feel, but if it happens, it's like okay. So this goes back to the beginning of this conversation, uh, uh, you know, about JT doing the right thing. He waits and he gets him. Yo, that's a big move. So mm-hmm. that'd be awesome, you know. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I know that a lot of guys in the chat they they really like um, Turco, and and so. Uh, I'm all for it. I've been doing a lot of research on him, making sure I know and I, I like the style of play that he plays. Um, I think he'd be a great coach. But uh, one thing that does worry me is I hear that he's like he likes to stay like two years, and him staying three is sort of rare. So you know, you got two years, and then you're sort of back in the situation. So that's a that's sort of a you know a little bit of a flag for me. But um, you know, we'll, we'll just. <laughs> we'll just have to see. Yeah, no, no, uh, definitely some good options there. Andy, what are your what are your thoughts when you look at, when you look at those uh, head coaching options? Off the bat, I think that Razov or Chirondolo would be bad for the team. Not as coaches, just bad for the optics of them. I, I quote unquote taking the easy way out. Um, I don't know if that's gonna have the best reception of, if it's either one of those two. I think they're both capable of of being the coach, but. Um, if we float the other three names, I don't know too much about Turco, so I won't comment on that. Uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, for sure, I have a lot to say there. Um, but JP said it. I think that would be, for the Mexican fans, it's not going to fly. I know there's a lot of Mexican fans that do not like his him and his time and his little notebook and the time that he spent in Mexico coaching the Selección there. Um, I think that if Marsh is a feasible option, then that's for sure the right move for me because of everything you guys said. Uh, MLS experience, obviously having that that you know that experience from from Europe as well um and yeah like like I said earlier it's uh it's all about what they want to they want to see moving forward right and I think the one thing to me that's kind of striking about Juan Carlos Osorio he's he's very defensive minded coach at times and I don't know if that necessarily fits the bill for LAC per se uh the one the one benefit that he has which is very huge benefit is that he's he knows um Juan Pablo Angel really well was who, who LAFC works with down in Colombia and in South America for relations with players down there. Um, so that that's definitely beneficial. And then obviously you guys mentioned just having so many South Americans um, on the roster and his experience in coaching in South America himself. Uh, that's very beneficial for that model that JT wants to follow. So I'm not even surprised at the fact that his name popped up. That's because I think his name also popped up earlier this year uh, before Greg Vanny, sorry, uh, for the Galaxy as well. So uh, his name gets floated around a lot in MLS, um, so that that one wouldn't shock me. I don't know how how it would go over fans. I wouldn't mind it, me being biased, but um, I think for sure, I think <laughs> Colombian supporting yeah, Colombian, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I think for sure the the right move, if if it is a feasible uh, rumor or report, would be Jesse Marsh. Yeah, no, I, I would have to agree with that. I think this is this is what I see. I think uh, to your point on Steve Sharondo, uh, Ante Razov. I think it would be bad because you, you could have done that 
during the season. You could have, you knew, I look, we all knew Bob Bradley, what the season wasn't going good. And I think, you know, whether, whether you let Bob Bradley go at the end of the season, you could let him go at, at, at halfway through the season, you could have thrown uh Shirondolo or Ante Raza up there and figure it out. See if, if you wanted to run this. So I, I, that, that for that reason, I don't really see those two guys, but they're, they're last case scenario. And I, and I think I'd be, uh, it would not go well with the fans. Juan Carlos Osorio, um, I see it because of the Colombians, Chicho, you know, uh, Eduardo Tuesta, and maybe if, if Carlos Vela really liked Juan Carlos Osorio, but I think uh, the optics of the fans, maybe not. But that, if that's one guy that Carlos Vela is like, yeah, I want him. I like him as a coach. Um, then I, I guess, I, I guess you, you can make it, you can make it, it would make sense um, why you would go there. But I, I just, I just don't really see it. I, I, I just don't really see it. And I, I think there was like a, a video that he was upset. It was like tweeted out and he was yelling at a ref. I, I don't recall what it was, but it just didn't look good. So he looked, he looked more stressed than anything. I think when you look at Jesse Marsh, and I don't know his style of play, Hawaii, maybe you can educate me. And I don't know uh, Turco's style of play. I just know he's won, look, he's, he's won in Liga Mekis. But just me observing these two coaches, those two coaches are very different, right? I, and I think, and this is what I see. When, when I saw Bob Bradley go through what he went through this last couple, this last couple of months with 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 LAFC, um, you know, he's a he's a very uh, my way or the highway type of guy. But I feel like where Bob kind of missed the mark was he could he really couldn't connect with a lot of the players uh, in a different way, right? Like. You know, if if a uh, if, uh, Argentinian or South American coach or whatever, um, probably could have connected with them a little bit a little bit better. Um, not because of the language, I just just how that's how Bob was, and I feel like with potential. I don't know Turco, but I feel like he could potentially uh, uh, relate with those guys because he's from he's from Argentina. He could relate with the South American a little bit different. Um, and we know how Bob Bob Bradley was, and I just feel like Bob just really m- missed the mark on that because there was. The biggest thing about Bob, no one, I don't know unless someone posted on their stories, but no no player posted on their Instagram story giving Bob Bradley a farewell. You know, I don't know unless you guys can tell me if someone did on their, but not from what I saw, no one, typically when a coach leaves, it was like, hey, thank you. Um, you know, we saw Brian Rodriguez uh, give a fair post about his uh, his Uruguayan national team coach when he was let go, but he didn't post about Bob. So that kind of tells me a lot about how he was really how he how Bob didn't really connect with the players, and you know they were ready to move on from him. And I feel like I'm not saying Justin Mars can't do that. I don't I don't know. That's why I'm saying maybe you guys can educate me on that. But I feel Turco could potentially. Just outside looking and connect with Brian Rodriguez, with Chicho. With, I don't remember with Chicho. I think anybody can connect with Chicho. With Vela, you know, um, in a different way. Because I just I don't know if Jesse Marsh is one way or the highway type of guy. Hawaii maybe can educate me, but I I just don't think that's and you need another coach that way with LAFC. I think you need a coach that's going to be more of a player coach, um, because I think they're so burnt out on um, on my way or the highway type of thing. Um, and I think whoever the next coach is has to be able to connect with the guy, these guys a little bit more. Um, with, with yeah. that said, what what, what, what are your thoughts on Marsh? That's okay. How he, yeah, okay. that's how he would be. He, he's he's going to be more of a player's coach. Uh, he isn't going to be like Bob uh, in, in press conferences. He, he's going to give you more. You know, he he's um when when even when I watch him or because uh, you know like when he first got that 
that gig. It was sort of a big deal to have an American over there, and he was doing all these interviews, and and a lot of his players always came out and talked about how big of a deal this was, and he got that job. But they always had nothing but really good things to say about him and uh, his the way he handled the locker room. Uh, so I, I think that that would be a good fit. But now, listen, I do see your point um, that, you know, they possibly could, uh, you know, look, not not just because of language, but just in general, probably get along uh, better with uh, Turks. I, I can see where you're going with that. But, uh, you know, from what I understand is he he's a, he's a real good uh players coach so okay well that well that that answers it for me i think that's it's 1a 1b to me then if, if jesse march is a players coach like i said i haven't i haven't watched any of his press call then it's it's 1a 1b i just i don't think he, i don't think you could go wrong with either one um you know with jesse marsh or with Tuka, i just i, I think Tuka could potentially connect a little bit more but that's just me just just thinking uh, out loud but i think that it's just 1a uh 1b um jp any any thoughts on that um I mean, Marsh was um, Bob's assistant in the 2010 World Cup, you know. Um, I think it would be the perfect follow-up act to Bob. You know, it wouldn't change much, I guess, from, you know, experience-wise and, and knowing the league, um, that wouldn't change. And if, you know, Hawaii is, is mentioning that he's a player's coach, then, yeah, like you said, I think that's what they need. Um, I think practices or, you know, the, the overall mood was just very formal, very tactical, very come here to train and that's it. And it wasn't much of, of you know, like you said, a player coach. And I think that that's very important in teams. Um, that's just, I guess, something that, that's needed in the team. Um, I also have other candidates, but that's, like, very, very far down the list um, of potential, you know, wild picks. But Yeah, let's stick with these. Let's stick with these because yeah. we know these are a possibility. Yeah, so, um, but, yeah, I mean, Marsh has MLS. Or Juan Carlos Osorio also um, coached in MLS. So he also has MLS experience. We can add that onto his resume coaching the Red Bulls. Um, but going back to Marsh, yeah, if he's a player coach, then like you said, I agree with that point completely. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, a, 1A and 1B. Turco yeah. and, and Marsh are top. Yeah, uh, and Andy, educate us. Uh, I, know, I, know, I know Juan Carlos was so familiar, um, but he just left after after um, after the World Cup. He didn't, he didn't want to continue with the Mexican national team. Um, remind me, is, is he more of a player's coach? Or how, how's Juan Carlos Osorio doing nowadays? Juan Carlos Osorio is interesting because he definitely could be, and and obviously we mentioned all the South Americans that are on the team. It would be very easy for him um, in general. And obviously you may, you bring up a great point with the Carlos Vela thing too. But at the end of the day, I think he's uh, probably a little more traditional by the book too. He's been around for a long time, and he um, he he's feisty, man. You said something about that video. That's 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 him, man. He's he's one of those coaches that he's not he's. He reminds me a lot of Bob in that aspect. He's he's yeah. little he's 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 quick quick tempered when it comes to stuff like that. But um, I, like I said earlier, I think he's I think he's a good coach. I, I've liked uh, the work that he's done um, in in Colombia when he was down there coaching down there, and you know, coaching for a national team compared to coaching for a club is very different. So I, I that's you know that's that's a lot that's a lot to kind of try to equate what he did with the Mexican national team and and what he's doing now, but. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think it would be a, a terrible hire for LAFC. I just don't think it's the best hire for LAFC. Yeah, no, I agree. Especially when you got those other names uh, ahead there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see. I think hopefully you get this uh, news maybe within the next week. Um, yeah, because you said December 13th is when the, uh, JP, you said December 13th is the 
expansion draft date. Um, you know, we know that MLS Cup final is 11th, so two days after that. Um, so I guess around there is is that, is that a date you guys would be comfortable with? Like, or before? I'm assuming I think it would have to be before, right? Because you want you want those decisions to be made with the head coach. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the biggest concern is for me is who's making these decisions. If JT is making these roster choices and then appointing a manager, and JT didn't protect somebody the manager would have wanted, then it just highlights, I guess, Bob's issues with the front office. Of, of him not having real say in JT really, you know, controlling these roster moves. Um, it's just who's making these decisions. Um, and I think the manager needs to be involved in these and make the majority of them, if not all of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not really up to us to, to select the date when the manager gets announced. We just have to wait and see. Um, well, no, it's just an open discussion. Uh, I, I, open discussion. Uh, we don't. We're not just selecting anything for LAFC. But, I mean, we know that's clear. But I think that that's just something, um, you know, to to talk about uh, uh, and discuss. Um, final thoughts. Uh, who are what? What are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, that you know, look, last year was a bad year, and and come this uh, year. Uh, this next season, JT makes all the right moves, and we get back into the playoffs, and we win a cup. You know, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to win. Uh, and, and you know, look, anybody that you ask is going to say the same thing, and I understand that. But that's what we're in the sport for, right? We want to we want our team to to be the one to hold it up. So yeah, that that's my final thought is that hopefully he gets it right. I don't want us to be you know complaining about him the whole year. I, I just want to like watch some good football like we did in 2019. And, uh, yeah, just be happy with being able to watch this beautiful game, man. That's where I'm at. Hey, man, I feel that. And I respect that. Andy, what, what, what are your final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts is, is basically kind of just echoing what I've said. Uh, I think it, I think that this team as it's built is, is good enough to, to be a competitor. And I think, you know, obviously with everything that happened last year and the year prior, um, it, it, it exposed a lot for LAFC, but that's that's what this is about, right? We're still talking about a team that is, what, four or five years in now, uh, set expectations very high out of the gate, which happens sometimes with expansion clubs and sometimes it doesn't. So I think that, you know, it was it was right for people to be all in on MLS Cup or bust, but um, now this is a bit of a reality, right? It's a bit of like this is uh, LAFC snapping into a new form and seeing where they go. So uh, obviously patience because you can't really control the timeline like JP said. Uh, but this team is is not here to uh, miss the playoffs, and this team is not here to to struggle throughout the season the way that they did. This team was clearly built with a certain um, with a certain mindset, and that's what Bob did in four years. And whatever coach is taking over the reins coming in, uh, needs to have that same mindset for LAFC. It's not clearly LAFC not doing well. Um, it's not gonna fly in the city. Not gonna fly with the fans. And at the end of the day. Let's be 100% honest. We know how much the league loves the product of LAFC and the rivalry with the Galaxy and just, you know, Bank of California Stadium and everything across the list that MLS loves about LAFC. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where this team goes. Like I've mentioned many times, this they're in the spaces, not just this year, but in the future. Uh, will, will they be able to get back to it? That's TBD. But 
that's the fun part about it. Just keep following along and see what happens. And happy holidays to everybody. Everybody be happy. <laughs> Enjoy your time with your family, with your loved ones. Don't stress out about things you can't control, like LAFC head coaches and whatnot. You can't be telling that to sports fans, man. <laughs> <laughs> what you telling, man? I'm just trying oh, wait, to enjoy, I was to enjoy say, my holidays, man. Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm remind you when, when the Patriots lose in the first round of the playoffs, relax, right? Relax, relax, <laughs> relax. Um, uh, JP, final, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, just hopefully Marsh or Turco gets picked or whoever gets picked does a great job. And, and you know, Portland and NYFC, FC are, are clear cases of maybe you don't need to be first um, in your conference. You just need to make playoffs and, and peak at the right time to win MLS Cup. Um, and hopefully LAFC can replicate that next season. Um, you know, you got an open DP slot. You have a coaching job that you got to get right. Um, so a lot of things can happen, but... Hopefully everything falls into place and we see a, a, another exciting um, uh, LAFC team this coming season. Yeah. No, well, I just want to thank everybody uh, that hopped on, you know, Hawaii, Andy, uh, JP, and obviously all the listeners. Uh, I'm going to upload this on the podcast. So if you guys didn't get a chance to listen to it full, it's going to be uploaded on the podcast. Um, and yeah, like Andy said, Happy holidays, guys. Hope everything's going good with you guys. Hope you guys have a, you know, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Hanukkah, all those different things. Were you going to say something, Hawaii? No, that was my daughter. Push that. Oh. Sorry, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you know, hopefully everybody has, uh, you know, happy holidays and a happy new year. So for Hawaii, Andy, JP, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.